This is Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. I'm your host, Helen, Lucas's mom. Joining me today is Annie, Isaiah's mom. Annie, her husband DJ, and the three children resides outside of St. Louis, Missouri. They lost their sweet son Isaiah at 22 weeks after delivery in November of 2015. Annie then joined the National Share in 2016 as the chapter coordinator in memory of her son. Welcome, Annie. Thank you. My sweet boy Isaiah was born on November thirteenth, two thousand fifteen. I went into labor a day or so before and、uh, delivered him on my twenty ninth birthday, and he、uh, survived delivery and he lived for a few hours and then passed away later that. Day and we were devastated, and it is possibly one of the worst things I've ever experienced. But、um, I'm so grateful for the community that we've now become a part of, and the support we've received from other families and share.、Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Take your time, Annie. Isaiah would be turning three this November. He would be. Starting preschool, actually, which、uh, I had other friends that gave birth at the same time as we did. So watching their kids start、um, and do milestones that Isaiah would have been doing is hard to see. But I'm grateful for Helen for asking me to do this so we could share our story. I'm just really grateful for Helen for sharing.、Uh, This community and bringing light to something that we moms and families hold so sacred to us. Thank you, Annie, for saying that. Was Isaiah your first child? No, Isaiah was my third son. My oldest son Griffin is now seven, and then I had my son Levi, who is. Almost five, and then Isaiah came after Levi. Then after we lost Isaiah, we became pregnant with our daughter Millie a year later, almost to the date she was born. So now I have four children, three of which are living, and Isaiah was my third. Do you mind sharing with us some happy memories, some of the best memories you have with Isaiah? Sure, I'd love to. I love these questions.、Um, they're questions that I usually don't get to talk about very often. My best memories, obviously, were one finding out we were pregnant. Griffin was four, and then Levi was almost two. I remember being surprised and incredibly happy when we found out that we were pregnant, and I knew it was a boy. I just knew that God had designed my family to be a family of boys. So. It was shocking to have so many kids so close in age, but I was so happy and grateful and excited for 
what life would look like with three little boys running around my house. I didn't have a lot of memory or like moments other than just when we were pregnant and feeling his first kicks were amazing and then for my boys to be able to feel his kicks is so special and they got to at least feel part of him um, before he passed away. We actually um, had a maternity shoot about two weeks before I went into labor, maybe it was three weeks before, and they're actually the only pictures I have of the five of us all together. And there's this one picture of my boys hugging my belly, and we have it framed in our house, and it's just probably one of my most treasured photos of all three of my boys. I love it. I love how you say you have a family photo of the all five of you, and I love that the boys hugging your belly. That must be a wonderful, wonderful picture. Was it hard to try to explain to your boys of what happened with Isaiah? It was incredibly hard. There's a lot of grief that comes, and a lot of unknown, like children's grief that I just was not aware of that would happen since my kids were young, but. My oldest really understood that something was going on.、Um, I was sick most of my pregnancy, and the last month or so, it was、um, incredibly painful. And、um, we had had a lot of tests done, and we were given a diagnosis of it's called holoprolencephaly, which is part of Isaiah's brain was like missing or it wasn't fused together. So his life expectancy, had we made it、uh, full term and through delivery, was up to two years. And they said, but those two years are pretty different than the normal child. He would be having seizures and he'd be in a bed. His Life would be pretty difficult, but we were fully prepared, so we knew that life would look different, and we were going to have to somehow explain that to Griffin, my oldest.、Um, but he was pretty aware of what was going on because I cried a lot. Right in the car when songs were playing, I would cry at home. So he would ask why I was sad, and I would explain to him that mommy doesn't feel well, and that Isaiah doesn't feel well either. So sometimes it hurts mommy. The last week or so, I it was getting harder to walk. It was I was in a lot of pain.、Um, my placenta was actually infected, so we didn't know this until after delivery. But so explaining to Griffin, he understood, and that that I was sick and that I didn't feel good, but. When we went to the hospital, he drew us pictures, and I had them all over the wall. But、um, he just thought I was sick. But when we came home for our baby, first thing he said to me was, "There's not a baby in your belly anymore." So that's pretty painful to have your child know exactly what is going on, or be able to at least process that we had a baby and now we don't have a baby yet. So and then my youngest, he really didn't understand at all. He was only two at the time,、um, and then afterwards, I think a lot—at least I didn't know—that children's grief can come in a lot of different forms. So Griffin was really sad, but then he started having like night terrors, and he wasn't able to go to sleep. He、um, would associate going to sleep with dying, and his anxiety got. Pretty high, 
for the next year. And then when we got pregnant with Millie, my youngest, he had a lot of questions. It's like, uh, is this baby going to pass away? Are you going to be sick? So he had a lot of fear. And um, I reassured him that whatever God gives us, the time that we have, we will treasure each moment with this baby as well. And now we get to talk a lot about Isaiah, and he knows he has a brother in heaven, and he's really um, sensitive to other new moms. And whenever he sees a mom pregnant, he's actually really excited for them, and we always pray whenever we see a pregnant mom. What a sweet, sweet boy you have. That just makes my heart ache that at such a young age he has to experience this. But I guess the only silver lining is that he's such a, like you said, considerate and understanding little boy and just so wonderful, so loving. Speaking of grief, I know it's hard when you have to deal with, you know, your other children when they're so young and help them with their grief. But what are some of the things you did that help with your own grief? In the beginning, like the few weeks, I'm not sure I could even function. I remember just sitting on my bedroom floor and crying most of the day. My mom came and helped in the beginning. She was there for delivery. She got to hold Isaiah, which is something so special, and I'm grateful that she was there for that. In the beginning, I did not know how to live, and I didn't know how to go on knowing I didn't have a child here. But as we, I don't want to say move forward, but as each new day came, I decided that I wanted to honor his life in the best way that I could. That spring, we got a tree and we planted it. Well, I should say we started attending um, share meetings. I wasn't sure about doing, but my doctor pushed me to join a support group through SHARE, and it was probably one of the best things my husband and I did. It gave us an opportunity to one, share our story and talk about Isaiah because it's not always easy to talk about or it's not easy for other people to hear. So we did that, which was a big thing we did that helped us in our grieving process, but then we also planted a tree in our front yard um, in Isaiah's memory with a stone and his name and birth date on there. So we actually, every day, we go out there and water it. It's really special for me because it's time where all four of my children get to be together. And we don't always talk about him, but when we're there, at least I feel a peace that all of my babies are together in that moment. Coming a part of National Share has been helpful in my grief process. One, that I'm able to share my story. And two, biggest thing is to be there for other families. Miscarriage, stillbirth, infant death. So much more aware in our own community because it was something I never really knew or talked about until you become a part of the community. I think that's been the biggest helpful tools is just being a part of Share and sharing and also being there for other families has really Really helped in my own grief. That is so true. What kind of tree did you plant for Isaiah? It's like a Japanese blossom. It has white flowers flower every springtime. Beautiful. Is it cherry blossom? Yes, I think, yes, that's it. I love cherry blossom. They do bloom beautiful flowers. 
I can draw a sweet, sweet picture in my head now. Envision you and your, all your children, including Isaiah. His spirit is there with you, and you guys all gather around this beautiful, blooming cherry tree. That's just a, such a beautiful image.、Uh, other moms, there's another mom I speak to a while back, and she and her husband pick out a tree for their son as well. Uh, they planned for an oak tree. I think planting a tree is such a wonderful idea that many people do not know about.、Um, since this is another way to see a new life forming and growing, and something else you can nurturing,、um, it's such a wonderful, wonderful idea. I really love it. Besides the things you do for your own grieving, what are some of the things other people either said or did for you that you find is helpful for your grieving process? Faith is a big, big part of my life, and having my closest friends pray for me and send me prayers, scripture,、um, on a daily basis was one of the most comforting things that really gave me encouragement when I felt like pretty low. So my community of friends was a really big factor in. Giving me support, some other like physical things that people gave me. My best friends created an oak box with Isaiah's name on it, and then there was、um, a scripture that I clung to during my pregnancy. I was actually reading the book of Isaiah in Isaiah 40, and it's about not fearing because the Lord is with me. So my Girlfriends had this box created, and then when you open the box, that scripture is written in there. And then they had filled it with a Christmas ornament with his birthday and his name. They had put gift cards in there for food, so that I didn't have to cook for the rest of my family. And now that box holds all the pictures we have of him. His sonograms. I keep his Christmas ornament in there. That's the first ornament we put on the Christmas tree every year. It's my one selfish thing. I get to put that ornament on the tree. My mom also had pillows made for each of my children with their name and their birthday and like how much they weighed and the city they were born in. So all of my children have these pillows, and then she had one created for Isaiah that sits on our bed, which I love looking at. Some days it makes me really sad, but I'm so grateful for the tangible things that I have around our house that remind me that we were loved and thought of during、um, the worst moment in our lives. And then my most favorite thing is we had footprints made. At the hospital, and I put those on a frame, and they sit on our fireplace year-round. So I love when people don't know us or know our story. They ask, "Oh, whose footprints are those?" And we're able to share a little bit of our heart and our family with them. Yeah, we all want to remember our angels, and we want people to ask about them. And that is such a great idea to have the footprints on the. Mental to make people asking questions about the angel, our angels who are not on this earthly life. I I just love how you are so surrounded by love. Those beautiful mementos help you remember Isaiah. How did you pick the name Isaiah? Was it because you were reading the Bible verses, or you and your husband always loved that name? I 
had been reading the book of Isaiah most of my pregnancy. I was not planning on naming him Isaiah, but then after we found out that he had holoprolencephaly and I was so sick in my scripture reading, I felt that God, maybe this is the name he's supposed to have. I feel like this is, and I would be on the radio and I'd hear the name Isaiah. And then we were at the hospital right before I delivered him. It was about a day or two and I was in the mother unit. I got discharged and I was sitting out in the hall waiting for my husband. There was a sign that said, do not fear for I am with you. And it was Isaiah 43. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the scripture, and I felt like it was literally God speaking right at me, saying, one, I'm here with you, do not fear, and two, your baby Isaiah is with me too, and this is his name. I have experienced a lot in my life, and I feel God really close, but in that moment, that was the first time I felt God literally speaking right at me. Um, in that hospital. I was alone and by myself while my husband got the car and I just burst into tears and I uh, took a picture and I sent it to my mom and I was like, the baby, his name's Isaiah. And my husband is on board with it. And uh, his middle name is David, um, named after my husband, DJ. And he was born, he was really small, but he looked exactly like his dad. He had um, dimples on his face like DJ has, and his little nose looked like my husband. So I'm really honored in the name that we chose as a reflection of who God is and the way he's worked in my life, but also named after my husband. I think names are so special for babies and then especially parents stuck with them through their loss. That's such a powerful you know, story that you shared about how you choose the name Isaiah because God spoke to you about his plan and the name and how he's by your side. We have a, a few minutes left. I want to ask you about the National Share and the work you do for them because a year after you lost Isaiah, you actually uh, joined the National Share. So can you tell us about what does National Share do and uh, what are you specifically doing for them? Okay, so SHARE is a national pregnancy and infant loss support community. We serve the community of bereaved parents and also grandparents, siblings, and others in your family unit. And we also serve professional caregivers, so we work in hospitals and funeral homes and churches, and we're in a little over 75 states and in Canada. We have bedside companions, we have phone support, we offer face-to-face -face support groups, we have online resources, we have memorial events, and we also offer training for caregivers and family members if they want to attend. My specific role within SHARE is a chapter coordinator, so I help people begin and maintain their chapter in their area. So if you are interested in starting a support group or a SHARE chapter in your area, you would call me and I would help you get that started. So you've been working for SHARE for several years now. Do you see there increasing demand for chapter 
like request for starting new chapters. If there's an increasing request, what do you think that says for the trend of、uh, infant or pregnancy loss? I think there's always a desire for people to begin some sort of community or support group after they've had a loss, just so they can be of help to others, and that's really what Share main force is to be a support resource for families and community caregivers. We always have a steady flow of people interested in starting a share chapter. I don't know if there's a increase in infant loss, but I do know we it's one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage.、Um, I think that statistic has stayed pretty consistent. I am not a doctor, so I don't. Know all of those statistics, but I do know that Share has been around for 40 years, and I don't see it going away. We'll always have a need for this type of support community, and I think it's so important that we maintain it because there's so many families that need this type of community. You really don't know it exists until you become a part of it, and once you're a part of it, you meet some incredible. People and you get to do a lot of things that you like. For me, being a part of Share, I never thought I would be working here, but here I am, and I love it. And the people I've met are amazing. The chapter leaders I've met, some of the kindest, most giving, thoughtful parents I've ever met, and the staff here at Share have become like family. And I hate that I had to lose my baby to be here. But to see God's work and how it's all come full, full circle, and now I get to serve、um, this community of people that are hurting and in need of that support that I got three years ago. That is so wonderful.、Um, I have to say, I personally benefit from、uh, the your Denver chapter, the Denver Share. The support group is something that most helpful, you know, for me. Our meeting is always emotionally intense, but at the same time. Like you said, you meet some of the most kind and the loving people, you know, on this planet, and it just makes you feel, on the one hand, sad that we have to meet in these circumstances, you know, losing our precious children. On the other hand, it feels, you know, you are not alone on this journey, and there are so much love and support with you. I couldn't say more about what a wonderful thing that the share, the national share, and the. Denver share each share groups have done for the grieving parents. Amy, we are coming to the end of our podcast. I want to thank you so much for what you have done, and we'll always remember Isaiah, your beautiful little angel. I'm sure he's looking from heaven, looking down on, upon us, and applaud for all the wonderful work that you are doing to help other grieving parents. So thank you, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Helen. It's been so nice getting to know you. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Annie. You are listening to Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. Silent Angels podcast is produced by Helen Rowley and Susan Zhou, edited by Susan Zhou. Music for this show are provided by AudioBlogs.com. Our website address is OurSilentAngels.org. If you are a grieving parent, or you know a grieving parent 
who wants to be interviewed, or if you just want to send us your comments or questions, please email us. Our email address is oursightedangels at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.